0: Okay. So, <laughs> good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever this ends up being put good out. But, uh, so, we're probably doing a little something, something a little bit different today, trying something a little bit back to what we were kind of doing a long time back. We're just kind of conversing instead of reading, at least for today. We'll still do the readings, but for this one, we're not reading, I don't think. So, I guess just talking about energetics and relationships and like just all relationships, not just romantic ones necessarily, but just the friendships, whatever, just the way we interact with people mm-hmm. and the energetics they're in and what can maybe be some faux pas, I guess, would be kind of what we were talking about already this morning. So mm-hmm. I figured it's like maybe it's a, something that we could just carry on talking about and really looking at, I guess, taking radical responsibility <clears throat> um, for what we're doing and even if in the moment maybe we didn't initiate something, is there anything that we're laying the groundwork for in the way that we tend to be? cuz like I was talking about how like, I tend to create a dependency on me with mm-hmm. people in general. And then at some point if I'm having a rough day or I'm worn out or whatever, it can sometimes kind of backfire on me to where I no longer want to be in that position. But everybody around me has gotten so accustomed to me wanting to be in that position that they're just going to assume I'm going to continue wanting to do that. Um, and
1: then you end up feeling Right, maybe and then maybe for that day that you feel a
0: little resentful or like that they not, don't appreciate yeah. you or whatever, like invalidated in some way. Mm-hmm. Even though maybe eight or nine times out of ten, that is fine for you. Like mm-hmm. most of the time it may not bother you. And so then it comes in into like this idea of whether or not you're selflessly doing things for people or if it's actually, I guess like,
1: selfish being careful
0: being careful that when we're doing these things we're not i think we have to be careful that all the things we're doing are sustainable without needing something from other people or being very good about communicating what you need yeah okay. i'm cool with doing these things but on a long day i need permission to come home and do xyz thing or i need permission to do this or th- now we're kind of getting more talking about yeah, relationships, yeah. of course but even with friends you could be like yeah like i'm usually fine but like maybe that one day They want to hang out and you're burned out. Being able to be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't do it. Like, I'm just, I I need time. Like, I need space. Like, being able to communicate that without feeling. I think a lot of people feel almost obligated. Or at least I tend to Mm -hmm. often feel not... It's very rare that, like, again, this is like... We're talking about the the, the one out of ten times or whatever. But I think I have built a tendency from my childhood dealing with the various... um, Like, my mom had a boyfriend at one point and his older he had kids mm-hmm. and his older kid i remember i think i got along with him quite well i remember kind of looking up to him and stuff and then after like six months we had moved across the country and then we moved california, back right. california yeah yeah, yeah, moved, yeah and so we moved back every and then, day
1: i would say mom when's time <laughs> yeah, <coming back?">
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was uh, stuck over there for a while but then i came back and i think there was something about like you know my whole life got uprooted mm-hmm. i probably grew some amount of attachment to these other people especially the older brother kind of person that I suddenly gained and then I got moved back across the country and then mm-hmm. that person's gone never here you know like and so then I think in that way dealing with like the feeling of possible rejection I guess or the idea of like oh abandonment kind mm-hmm. of thing is something that could be where some of my putting myself in a position of just constantly like serving quote unquote could come from where, where like I want to make people happy so that they don't leave mm-hmm. kind of thing. And obviously that's fine and dandy, but it may not always be the healthiest thing if it's Mm -hmm. not really, if you're putting yourself out in order to do it often, you know, of course. Do you think
1: maybe like, maybe also you saw how not only it affected you, but maybe how it affected, you know, your mom, who was someone that you really Uh, cared about. And so you maybe as a, as a little kid kind of felt like I need to be there for my mom, I, yes. need to, I need to, like, protect my mom by, you know, helping serve the well, people I, think, I care about so that they won't, you know.
0: I think at a certain you know, point life. I learned to bury my emotions because I felt like there wasn't time for my emotions. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying I always did that. I think, obviously, you, you have moments where you break down anyway. But I think in general, I, um, like, my mom was going through a lot of stuff. There wasn't always somebody else there. So I felt, I felt like I had to, like, provide space for her and try to be there for her, mm-hmm. even at a very young age. And then, of course... As time went on, you got other siblings, you're the oldest, they're having meltdowns. You're the responsible one. I have to be the responsible yeah. one. I think at a very young age and then onward, I got better and better and better at like not even, and I don't think it's even conscious. And I, I do think that I am lucky in the sense that I could be a lot more messed up if I had, I think there's a lot of instances where really things aren't, there are plenty of times where things are not bothered to me. They're fine. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, But when there is something that's going on, I'm not even always fully aware of it because my my mind and my whatever my system just immediately buries it
1: mm-hmm. as like a
0: as a rule of thumb protection kind of like, mechanism right yeah and so then in theory like you know six months a year later or just on a bad day that comes back but i didn't even realize that was a thing at the moment mm-hmm. sometimes because i wasn't conscious enough in the moment and i think mm-hmm. that comes into like being not just curious about people that you're with but also curious about yourself and trying to actually be attentive not in like a self-absorbed way but just actually noticing how you're feeling and interactions and how things are affecting you and trying to actually be with yourself in that mm-hmm. moment as opposed to being and still with the other person um i it's, it's a weird balance i guess but i think it's something that you have to be careful of otherwise too it can maybe sometimes seem like people are like well why didn't you tell me this you know then mm-hmm. and it's like because it wasn't on my mind then like and it's a little odd or but, or because
1: uh, i see i think i i'm sorry i shouldn't no, go ahead uh <clears throat> Cause I kind of, I can relate to that, you know, also the oldest sibling, you know, a lot of responsibility, especially going to India, being away from my parents, feeling responsible for my younger brother, like, you know, and then when I started working, you know, on the ambulance, like very quickly I learned that, you know, okay, I'm seeing all these traumatizing things, but. In order for me to be effective at my job, in order for me to be able to function and continue helping these people, I have to compartmentalize and bury the feelings I'm feeling in the moment because, you know, whatever I'm feeling, the person that's right here that I'm dealing with, they're going through much worse. Yeah. So there's the tendency in me as well to like me later, them first, you know, like, you know, which... In a pinch, when there's high pressure or whatever, yeah. I'm great. I can function. Like I can be in an emergency it's room, a good skill I, and to I'm have. like. Ch-ch-ch. But then, you know, you end up just burying and burying. Oh, I'll categorize that later. I'll look at that later. It's okay. You're triaging your own.
0: Yeah, and self, if you don't unpack it and if later, you, yeah, you don't yeah.
1: unpack it, and so. <clears throat> um, yeah, then those feelings like they stay buried and unresolved but inevitably they're going to resurface right and and if we don't if we
0: don't take the time for ourselves i think it can be hard sometimes i mean especially for you because you obviously like have a whole family you have a very stressful job you have very little time off you have a lot of things going on so it's hard to necessarily feel like you have the time or like that it's Mm -hmm. And again, I think if in the moment you're not even necessarily consciously aware that you're putting it on the back shelf Mm -hmm. or in, in the, you know, farthest reaches of the attic or something in your mind, then like if you're not fully aware of that, then later trying to take time for just you to sit with something doesn't come up as like an idea because you have so much other things that need to be done. They feel like they're more important. There's like, mm-hmm. kids got this practice. This kid's got to go this place. So you got to go do this. You got to go talk to your dad, whatever. Like there's just things to do. And so why would you then take the time? If you're not fully aware that you've been putting things that need to be dealt with, why would you then take the time out to go, actually, I'm going to need like an hour and a half to myself. I need to just kind of like mold, deal with mm-hmm. some things or I need to go like talk to somebody and kind of get some things off my chest or whatever. Or taking the time to do that with your wife, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, um, it's hard for us to want to prioritize that if we're not even really being honest with ourselves that mm-hmm. that's happening. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's always an honesty thing. Like I said, in my case, I think a lot of times I'm just not aware of it. But you're not either not being honest or you're not being aware of yourself enough well, in think, that sense of like what is lack happening of for emotion. Is part of the yeah.
1: defense mechanism because you know that if you're to let your guard down and let those things out, like now you're going to have to deal with them. It's like opening the closet door that's stuffed full of shit and you're like, when I open that door, it's going to come crashing out and now I'm going to have to fucking it sort it all out and clean it up. Yeah. So you don't want to open that door Yeah. and it becomes like a, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, God. it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's definitely difficult and I think it's easier to and then, and then it kind of comes out in like a fight sometimes in not a very healthy way because of the fact that we've been burying it. So then it comes out as like ammunition instead of it coming out in a healthy way, either in a more calm conversation or just with ourselves even to where we've actually processed it. It can just like even surprise us sometimes and just come out our mouth instead mm-hmm. of it being something that we've processed. And luckily I think for me, my issue is very much the opposite in the sense that it's even hard for me to, even when I'm working through things, it's not always easy for me to word things. Mm-hmm. Which can be a good thing because then you don't, in a fight, you're not necessarily like, you know, saying anything real nasty or anything. But it can be more difficult to work through sometimes because it's harder for me to, I guess, like. um,
1: To let the other person know how you're. Right,
0: because if you're not fully able to, like, put it into words, then it's like, how do you explain? And sometimes it might just be because you're not there yet. Maybe Mm -hmm. once you fully have figured it out, it's easier to put into words. And I think that's obviously part of it. But. See, that's what I
1: tend to need. That's why, in a, like,. It's frustrating cuz when a situation blows up, yeah. It's hard for me in the moment to necessarily like that's why sometimes I need a little bit of time to like you know, recalibrate before, you know, diving into a rather yeah, deep discussion, you know, with another you know, whatever, whatever, you know, spouse or close friend, father, mother, whatever. Uh, So then I think in the moment, I feel like I'm not, I'm not able to express myself properly. Therefore, the other person's not really hearing me in the way that I want to express myself.
0: Right. And then it just,
1: it escalates now because of the you know, the misunderstanding in communication, yeah. then like it just creates this cascade effect where, you know, it devolves into, you know, not clear and healthy communication. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think if, if that's the case, I think that's all the more important to actually take time to process things on your own because... Mm-hmm. It's, I think for some people, it may be they're more in the habit of it or maybe just it's very easy for them to just kind of spew it out and just like put on the table. But I think if it is difficult, then I think like people like us probably have to take more time to actually sit with it, get, understand it for ourselves. And that way, when we need to talk about it, we know how to communicate it. And I think things are ever changing. So it doesn't mean get in your head about it and like freak out about it and think Mm -hmm. about it so much that now you're stuck in it and now you're just so like, so I think that's also like, you have to be really careful about that because you get into your mind too much and it can really not help. But I think there is a line there where you want to at least feel the thing properly and then maybe if you know where the feeling is coming from, you know, you're know you able to adapt to it or maybe realize, oh, it wasn't actually coming from me, this person was in a bad mood and that kind of affected me. All of a sudden, the bad mood is affecting you a lot less because you realize it wasn't originating with you. Or like whatever, like if you are at least are fully aware, I think it comes with the curiosity of like yourself. <clears throat> and like, you know, if you go into a meeting and you know you're having a good day, but this is a-hole in the meeting or something that like maybe choose you out, whatever, just things, you can end up leaving, even if they don't directly attack you, feeling like you're now in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. But if you're fully aware that you were fine and you didn't, you know, you did it, you handled things professionally, whatever, mm-hmm. and that other person was having a bad day, you may even change their mood. And even if you don't, when you leave, you may be able to just be like, okay, well, I'm leaving that there. It has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go in and you're not fully aware of how, what, you know, you're not fully aware of how you're feeling, what's going on for you, you could easily leave the meeting feeling frustrated and angry, just like that person was frustrated and angry, just because they passed their mood to you and you have no idea. So you're having a bad day. So you're
1: saying we should take, what I'm hearing is you should take time Mm. to, feel or or recognize the emotions that you are experiencing
0: that or or at least be willing to be more present to yourself okay when you're in when you're going through your day-to-day life because then maybe you'll notice that when things are bugging you and if it's like directly you or if it's somebody else and once they leave the room you'll be fine or like what is going on and then maybe for somebody like you and me who maybe we do tend to not always catch everything maybe you should just start scheduling some amount of time like every other week or once a week to just kind of sit and make sure and go through your week Mm -hmm. and see if there are things that you hadn't properly dealt with. Mm -hmm. If there's something that's bugging you, something that's weighing on your mind, see if it needs to be addressed or if it just needs to be like kind of, okay, yeah, but there's nothing I can do about that. Like it depends. You don't always need to address, you don't need to go fight with everybody that caused the problem in your week, Mm -hmm. but having the ability to know what all those little issues are. And I think when we know all the little things that are bugging us, we're less likely to take it out on the next thing that bugs us. You know, like if the next time you, something mm-hmm. happens, you're like so in, already aggravated and your kind of limit is pushed. So then that person becomes or that, that thing or, or whatever becomes like the your... target of your issue. Whereas if you know like fully, not like I kind of know my week has been a lot or I kind of know like, you know, there's like very vague kind of like, yeah, my week's mm-hmm. been kind of long. What does that mean? Like, you know, it's, it's, it means something, but it's not direct enough to really, identify anything. And so I think, again, I think it's easy to get into this trap of like, well, that means I need to sit for five hours and meditate on all my problems and that's a really bad, that's a, I don't think that you're going to get anything out of that. I know it's not, and that's not what I'm suggesting anybody do because I think the more you generate and think about feelings regarding anger or stress or whatever, you're just going to feel more angry and stressed. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's necessarily healthy but I think there's a difference between being aware and like thinking about things that have happened and going into that emotional state like you know just think about like okay well what what made me mad like take a step back from it oh it was because this like i was mad when i was running late to work like we've talked about in the past because this person got in front of me well if i left earlier that wouldn't have made me mad so why was i really mad am i mad at myself for not leaving early enough to give myself a buffer am i mad like what is making me mad at this person who's just driving minding their business why do we get such road rage everybody gets this for the most part at least sometimes Mm -hmm. So like what is the deal with us feeling personally offended by people on the road, half the time doing things that we ourselves have done and probably will do again?
1: So I think like it comes is back that? to <clears throat> I think what you're getting at is that we need to we need to be able to take real
0: accountability yeah, of ourselves
1: and realize that the way yeah. we're feeling is not anybody else caused by anybody that's else. So that's ourselves. a better
0: that's a very direct way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I think that is not even necessarily what I was thinking about. And you project
1: that but, out onto other people yep. and other situations yep. as a way of, of protecting yourself and saying it was because of them or that, yeah. that I'm feeling this way. But really well,
0: you are, when you take accountability, you you're giving yourself power actually. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this briefly yeah. this morning, but like it's, this is an example that I find myself using more and more often and I'm not the only person that uses it, but the, at the end of Eight Mile, the movie about mm-hmm. Eminem, yeah. Eminem gets up and basically talks trash about himself, says everything his opponents have gotten over on him and basically just set, lays the groundwork for, I'm gonna tell you all of my mess ups, all the things I was too stupid to see when I should've, all the stuff hold that I could've done. I'm gonna hold myself to accountable. Everybody. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm a mess up, I'm this, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> when I get done with that, the next rapper who needs to fight him has, they've been busy trash talking each other, What do you say about somebody who's just told you all of their flaws, Mm. all the things that they missed, all the things that you took from them, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what do I say now? Like, I can't say the stuff he just said about himself. I'm going to mm-hmm. look dumb. Like, he's already said that, that oh, happened. such a so genius. And so, like, <laughs> like... So then now he's like, uh, uh, uh. And the guy wasn't smart enough to flip it around or say maybe yeah. talk about himself. So he won and he busted into the rap game. And that movie's based on, like, yeah. you know, of course there's some, you know, whatever. It was a good a movie. movie. I love that movie. And, yeah. But they did a good job of showing, like, what made him stand out. Yeah. And he's always owned his shit in his rap songs. Yeah. And so in that way, I think if we go about life to where we look at, first of all, we can't control anybody else. So that's one thing. Like if we go through life wishing people would act differently, we're just going to be disappointed consistently because nobody's ever going to act the way we want them to all the time. Yeah. No matter what, no matter how much they may want to, no matter whatever, no matter you who can't they are control, to
1: you. The only thing you, you can't even really control your own self unless you're in control of your mind.
0: Right. And if you so can't if even you, control you, yourself, why in the world would you be able to control someone else? Yeah. So, in that vein, I think if you are in a state of mind like Eminem at the end of 8 Mile, where you're like taking extreme accountability, doesn't mean that you're beating up on yourself because something happened. Like, oh, it's my fault that happened. No. Mm-hmm. It just means that you know you're the only person you can really affect and really completely control, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And even then, there may be things that happen to you that are a little bit outside your control, but how you react it's is in your you control. Can, yeah. What you do next is in your control until the day you die. Yeah. And so in that vein, I think if we start to be like, it feels bad sometimes because someone's taking ownership and being like, well, I messed up or this is actually on me mm-hmm. can feel a little bit bad. Like you're admitting, like it's like you're letting go. You're like, you want to be right. We all want to be right all the time. It's an ego Defense thing. mechanism. We want to be right. It helps us feel good about ourselves in the short term. Yeah. I think in the long term, it actually is extremely detrimental because now you're attached to being right. Yeah. So now when you're in a conversation or at work in a meeting or conversing through an email or talking to a friend, it bleeds out and we all have, we've all had those moments and, and we, some of us have friends who are almost always having these moments where like you can't say anything without them arguing with you just because they need to be right.
1: Well, it's because they're protecting you. Have Now you have, the, now you ego. have this ego, ego you're trying to protect. Trapped, yeah, yeah,
0: they're protecting. Their identity is wrapped up in everything yeah. because they're not able to separate themselves. If I'm from, wrong,
1: then now I have to question myself. Right. But, right. So they get. So they don't want to. They don't. They don't want to question
0: it. themselves, but because being wrong, like basically, first of all, none of us know everything. It's a very interesting thing that we mm-hmm. do it ourselves. Because on the one hand, if you look at it logically, if you like you said, separate emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of just look at it and analyze it, it feels kind of weird that we do that. Because it's like, well, yeah, nobody knows everything. Why in the yeah. world would I act like? Why would I expect that people would expect that of me and feel like bad if I say something wrong mm-hmm. or if I do this? Um, but it's gotten to a point where in some extreme s- situations, it's kind of like the cancel culture we now deal with. Yeah. Cancel culture now is somebody said something wrong. We don't care about the context. <laughs> we don't care about what you know, yeah. where they came from, their background, whatever maybe upbringing they had. Because the, yeah. like, you know, all, we all go through certain things. There's social pressure to everyone. Yeah. It's not only to certain types of people or groups of people. Everybody grows up in these different areas and to some extent or another has different social pressures going on peer pressure, bullying, whatever. Their parents and think the a certain thing. Their parents train you to think that way too. Yeah. You know, if you don't think that way, then you're a mess up. And ethnic, then you go out into the world. Pressure, right? Ethnic, pressure, right, From yeah. all kinds of areas. And so, yes, maybe this person is wrong about that thing he said. But, you know, and, it, and it's interesting because it comes from this place of like, you know, Jesus went on the cross and was forgiving the people putting him on the cross. Yeah. But if somebody gets on and says something that you don't agree with, you think they should basically be put on a cross or burn is the way people act. Like, yeah. cancel them, never give them another job again. Yeah. If they're in the spotlight yeah. it's already, very toxic. screw them. It's, toxic. Like, it's like, okay, well, really. It's,
1: it's funny because <clears throat> this whole, the whole, like, social justice thing, like, yeah. I understand the sentiment behind it, the outrage, but at the same time, you are now doing the same thing. Un-reverse. In it's reverse. In reverse. It's the opposite side of the and same And just point. because, yeah. you know, Maybe from your point of view, you are right. Maybe morally, you are right. Sure. Absolutely. But it doesn't, like, in principle, are you're you doing the same right? thing. No, you're not always right. And, and so and if now you're in principle, you're doing. one person yeah. for the
0: one time that they did the one thing wrong, or even <clears> the seven <throat> times they did seven things wrong, they're human too.
1: Yeah, so you're dehumanizing them. They're all
0: and right. the yeah. other thing I think that comes from this is these are often the people, the people that get crazy about it. I mean, there's a lot of, of things course. that actually need of to course. be done. Of course. of course, I'm not saying social justice is not important. Yeah. I'm saying sometimes the way it comes out is unhealthy just like with everything else. Everything in moderation learning how to do it in a healthy way is very important and I think what happens is if you make these people wrong and you demonize these people for doing something or being wrong one time or saying something they shouldn't have said because they didn't think it through all the way first Mm -hmm. or maybe from their perspective for some reason that's correct even though if you really look at the scientific evidence and all these other things like that's not correct. The bigger picture is not correct. It doesn't mean you have to agree with the person. It just means you okay well they're coming from a different place. I don't understand where they're coming from it's a little weird, but okay. Or, um, or why like, oh, they're wrong. And why don't you like, the okay, well, and maybe the other person, a lot of times these people maybe, first of all, sometimes a sentence by itself can sound way different than the whole paragraph that it was said in or the whole conversation that it was taking place in. But also like now that you've made them wrong for that thing, if you're ever wrong, now that you've demonized them, one of them fired all these other things. Now, if you ever say something wrong, if you're incorrect about one of your beliefs, something inside of you is, it's an even bigger deal to be right now. Because yeah. now you've set up yourself to say, well, if I'm wrong, like, I'm, really, I'm a real a-hole, I'm a piece of POS, I'm yeah, yeah. all these things. It's like, if you would just be willing to, if we would spend more time holding ourselves accountable and holding ourselves, like, you know, radical responsibility of like, oh, this is, this is on me, what can I control? And even with, like, all these social justice movements, if we focus on our communities, our friends, the people that we know... Because often online, you're not going to get into arguing with somebody and win, right? Nobody's convincing nope. anybody online. Nine times out of 10, maybe yeah. even more. And maybe always. And But if like the people like you and me, if we notice that one of us maybe has a little something that we, for whatever reason, like, oh, I don't know if that was the right way to handle that. We could bring it up and say, hey, what was up with that? And then this person, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, well, hold on a second. And whatever. We like could call each other out. And because we have a relationship, we're more likely to accept it mm-hmm. from the people in our lives. If we all focused on our community, ourselves, our family, our friends, the whole world would change. But instead, we focus on the people on TV. Ultimately, ourselves. We focus on the people on the billboards. And we want to focus on these people that we actually have no control over. We want to scream and rant and rave online because it makes us feel a little better in the temporary. And I get it because I have done that on occasion. I, I understand. And it's hard to even stop doing that because if we were to stop doing that as a collective, we would have to say we were wrong to do it. And we have this attachment to be right. But the other thing about the wrongness is that wrong is such a strong word. I don't even think that half the time we like, like I'm wrong to have done that thing. No, you said something that ended up not having the result you wanted. Let's batch it and say, look, I didn't mean that the way it came out. Let me explain what I was coming from. Let me explain what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. It's just what happened. Mm -hmm. Wrong and right almost makes it sound like there's a possibility something else happened. Well wrong and right makes something black
1: and white. Nothing's black and white. But also somebody built a time machine, there's no going back.
0: There's no changing it. Yeah. Like right now, nobody has the ability to go back and change what happened. So there's no wrong right, it's what happened. Yeah. At this point. Anything in the past, wrong right. Now if you think about what to do, you can get a little into like, okay, let's make sure we do the right thing. Let's figure out as best we can. But even that's gonna be flawed because we're gonna miss something. We're gonna not understand something about this. We're not perfect. Somebody's gonna misconstrue something, whatever. And so I think that that aspect of like realizing like if we stop looking at other people and start looking at ourselves, because we're doing that, automatically other people are going to get better because people are going to see you doing that mm-hmm. and it's going to affect them or they're going to, it's going to affect them either one of two ways. They're going to start to see and go, oh, wow. And maybe they start to tweak a little things or maybe they start to ask you like what, what is going on? Or they get out your life because they can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no. You're like,
1: changing too much. You're changing yeah. too much. And it's like, okay, well, that's fine. They cancel fine. culture you. <laughs> and, right. They cancel culture <laughs> oh, you. Okay. you're like, Okay. So that's whatever. good. Like
0: we're good. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand um have i hope your life is fantastic and and you know i'm around if you ever want to come talk but also you don't need people like that anyway Mm. and there's gonna be people we don't get along with even if we're living our best lives because there's so many people and we Mm. all think a little differently we come from different backgrounds etc you may find that there's people you just don't really get along with you don't have anything in common there's not much to talk about you disagree on some things it doesn't mean you have to be nasty to each other no it's like we turned the whole world into a sports game where you're on one team or the other team and my you're team chanting has and raving and your team has to win as if the if founding fathers... If my team fathers... didn't win,
1: you guys cheated.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's as if the founding fathers built a system. Without getting into politics, this will be the only po- political thing I'll say. But the only political thing I'll say is it's as if our founding fathers built a system wherein they decided just for fun, we're going to make the right party and the wrong party and they're going to argue, but we're hoping the right party wins as if the reason there is more than one party is not because they said, you know what? There's some truth to everything. Mm-hmm. We need to learn how to compromise. There's a lot of ideas and where we came from, there's a lot of problems because one way, my way, or the highway was the way it was done. So let's make it so that it's more conversational. There's lots of room for all kinds of opinions and people vote on it. And so they put the system together for the way it was, multiple parties where people can voice different things, have different mm-hmm. platforms, and then they're supposed to compromise. Not, if you don't do my way, I'm shutting down the government.
1: Demonized, Not um, like, like, All these
0: different things that it's, are going on. It's like that wasn't... I can't imagine that that was what they wanted because if that was what they wanted, why wouldn't they have just said the only party that gets any credit is this party because they believe the things we believe in and they get to do things this way and while we're at well, it, we're not going to do if the If they wanted a one-party
1: system, they'd have crowned George Washington right. king right. and there would have been... Like, right. That's what, not what we tried to leave. But yeah. in
0: honor of them, we fight and act like that's what <laughs> they would have wanted because it. I believe it is easier to, to blame
1: than take... It's also to, just less to work credit.
0: to just go, well, I just believe in most of the things Republicans believe in. So if a Republican's running, I'll just vote for a Republican. Yeah. It's less work. We don't have a lot of time. We're all crap for like, and I myself also only understand certain elements of politics. Only recently started to learn more just because of how nuts things have been to some yeah. extent, how much stuff has been thrown back and forth, all this mudslinging going on. And so you should want to start learning a little bit about it. But it's easy to say, I don't got the time, got all these other things to do. I don't really know. I, this guy, I saw one or two things this guy said seemed okay he's also the same party as me I'll just vote for him it's become the easy way out and that's not to say that that's unacceptable but now you've
1: emotionally invested yourself in that team and now right. you want that team to right. win exactly because, because now if that that's a you of yourself wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you voted for oh yeah. yep, you're, wrong.
0: Yeah. Wait, you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong again and now we're so attached to being right but I think it's just like look at it like even if you do something that's quote unquote wrong let's just say it's feedback you did something didn't get the result you wanted forget about wrong you didn't get the result you wanted so now, what do we do? What do we change to try to get the result we are looking for? It's not about wrong or right even, really. It's about, oh, the feedback I got from the world or this person or whatever when I did this thing, like I tried to start a business, it failed, right? Try to do this, it failed. Okay, feedback I'm getting was not good enough. Let me try something else. It doesn't mean that you suck, you're worth nothing, mm. this like depressive, like, and of course, you may have those moments of feeling things and that's like we talk, started out talking about those feelings, but I think this... This attachment to like, I think also instant gratification has a lot to do with it. Our phones, we can get so much entertainment, yeah. so many things that click on a button. We can talk to people really fast. We don't have to go visit them. We don't have to write to them. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait for a response. Now, if they read it and don't reply to us in two minutes, we're upset because we feel like they don't love us, love us, whatever. Um, and I, really I think that has built. I don't,
1: I like, this is the kind of conversations I like to have, not the, uh.
0: And you can have good conversations you can, on here. You can. It's just it, a it's slippery just, slope sometimes. It is. And I use my phone plenty, so I'm not going to sit here and say, but it's a tool that can be misused like every other tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because we have all that instant gratification, we are, kind of, we, we are more likely to expect that when we do something, we get the result we want immediately. Mm-hmm. When we hit play on Netflix, it plays the show we hit play on. In fact, half the time if you're clicking around on your remote, I know I do this, and somehow it goes like it didn't react at first and then it reacts and then it goes to the wrong thing. Like, what the fuck? I didn't do Tell you to do that. Like you're almost immediately annoyed with the machine because like it's like, "Whoa, why don't I just oh, that's not what I meant to do." Like take a step back, just that's not the result I was looking for, and then you go back and select the right one. And if we're doing it with small things like that, Lord only knows we're doing it with all these massive things, all these major things, and like myself included, we're all attached to being right. And so I think if we go through and try to Take the time to make ourselves not wrong because that's just you don't need to beat up on yourself again But I think if we stop if we try to make everybody else in our life, right? Take radical responsibility in the sense that we're always looking at what we can do better And it doesn't mean that if somebody says something nuts, you're like, yeah, I agree with you It just means that you're not attached to being right You're not going through like I need to be right and I'm gonna do what needs to be done to be right Because that's where problems arise the church in the past with all the all the crusades all the things that have gone on These, you know, these uh, so-called freedom fighters, half-time terrorist people now, all this need to be right has caused so much conflict in the world. And some of it's on a massive scale and very easy to see. Mm -hmm. And some of it's on a much lower scale and much harder to see in our little personalized, little personal interactions. Mm -hmm. But if we could go through life thinking, how can we make other people right? Which kind of, I mean, you can get into the definition of what that means. Because then it sounds like you're saying, well, like if if the... a friend of yours says something that you don't agree with, you should just say, yeah, sure. Like that's, I I mean, energetically, they don't feel that you're trying to take that from them or you're trying to be in a spotlight or the right person. You're not trying to be like, well, no, that's not how that works because now if they're really wrong about something and it's going to, you can, you can maybe say like, well, Wait, why, what makes you say that kind of thing? But it's the way you do it. Hmm. And I think getting into the details is me going to give you my opinion, and that doesn't help anybody anyway. So I think so it's just how like you communicate, sit with it not and just think about how do I make you right without agreeing to shit that I shouldn't agree to. You know? Well,
1: the way my dad puts it is, especially like with adults, right? <clears throat> when you're well, when you're a kid, right? You're throwing a fit, temper tantruming. Uh, you want your way. Yeah, Kids don't necessarily know how to admit that they're wrong yeah therefore they have this extreme overreaction where <clears throat> so with adults yeah not just with adults with anybody he was well, saying also, that kids you, learn you that from their parents y- yeah, a lot of times yeah
0: honestly for sure um, I certainly did
1: we need my dad was saying when you're like having communication issues like that yeah if the other person is wrong yeah rather than just crucifying them with it, you should always leave them room to save face. Right. Because when you allow them room to save face, not that you let them remain unaccountable for it, but you hold them accountable, but then leave them some space where they don't feel completely cornered and trapped. Right. Then there, then it gives them an opportunity. Am I going to lash out and be nasty? Right. Or am I going to take the, take the exit that was afforded me to save face and you know recognize it for what it is and then okay i'm going to use this opportunity to save face admit i was wrong or right. whatever the case may be and then and then grow from it and i think you explain and also it
0: in a nice enough way that like you're you're saying i think is what i'm hearing at least is that you're explaining it in a nice enough way that when you're not just like yelling at them no you're wrong and this is right mm-hmm. you're just like hey you know what's making or can you explain that or like well what i was reading the other day actually was this and you tell them and then you give them an opportunity to go oh well i guess you know i was seeing it here maybe it wasn't as up to date or you know i hadn't mm-hmm. check into that you give them an the opportunity to be able to step back and make you a little bit right too yeah. i've actually seen that happen really well one time at work there was a coworker i came back i didn't know what was happening there was like some kind of no like massive argument just like a back and forth going on about how something should be done with and two, I was, coworkers, or a two coworkers two coworkers oh. two coworkers and i was kind of like wait what's going on and basically it had to do with you know it was, it's detail oriented but it's not a big, the details don't really matter but basically i walked back i felt i knew the answer to the question and the person who was responsible for doing said task felt the answer was a different question. Different like a different answer. And I said what I thought and I said, but it's possible that I'm wrong. I'm like, but this is my understanding and this is why it's my understanding. For all I know, they've changed it or maybe what you've heard was before they changed it to what I've heard. If you want, we can go double check. And initially when I said this is the way it's done, because the first thing the the other person, the third party was saying was kind of just like, this is the way it's done. And they was like, no, this is the way it's done. And this is the way and then I kind of walked in and said, well, this is the way it's done. And then as I was saying, I'm kind of thinking, okay, this is probably not going to be helpful. So as I finished, I said, but it's possible I'm wrong. That's just my understanding. And just by doing that, the other person who has been being told this is the way it's done and going like, nope, this is the way it's done immediately was like
1: it provides a third option
0: well they were like he was just like yeah well i mean i could be wrong too he's like no no no, i could be wrong too like it just like completely changed Mm -hmm. he's like i could be wrong maybe i heard it wrong but but that's what i was told like okay well Mm -hmm. we can go verify and just double check and we did and we got it worked out and we did the thing that needed Mm -hmm. to be done but like just by me saying i still got to say that i think this is the way it's supposed. i still i didn't have to go yeah do it the wrong way that's fine in order for him to be right i just Mm -hmm. had to say i could be wrong I had to be not attached to me being right. I had to be attached to saying, this is my understanding and presenting it in a way that is not like, here is the gospel. I hope you like it. Otherwise, we've got swords and guns. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, like, you know, it wasn't wasn't done in this aggressive, in-your-face manner. And I think we all struggle with that. So, Mm. like, we can do well five times and we're going to screw up the sixth time. Like, you just have to keep adjusting... And Noticing the feedback you're getting if you're dealing with somebody and they're throwing shit in your face Something they're getting something you're doing is not getting the result you want and can you control the other person? Absolutely not There are people that we just aren't gonna get along with I guess sometimes whatever But if there are people that are in your life like in a big way I think usually it's like something that can be done. It may not be something Mm. that can be a quick fix It may not be like well if I just said just perfectly then it would be fine, but there's there's a way to like okay this is not working let me try a different thing and see if a different result occurs instead of like uh you know is it einstein that said trying or is it franklin i think it was einstein that said um the definition definition of insanity insanity, is doing the same thing and expecting a different result you can't just keep smashing your head against the brick wall yeah um you know you have to go figure out another way or climb over it or do something Mm -hmm. different than just banging your head into it until you hope that either your skull breaks or you get through the brick wall like and it's really easy when we're right or when we, I should say, when I'm thinking I'm right to just keep banging my head against the brick wall. Mm. Because I'm right. This is the right thing to do. This is the right way to do it. And you see it all the time at work because a lot of people are attached to their checklist. This is the way things are supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. But there are scenarios wherein that's not the way it should work. And you can tell, okay, clearly the checklist was written for different scenarios. This is a little bit outside the box. Let's attach it. Let's attack it from a different angle because this is an outside the box situation. I am good at doing it at work. I'm not as good at doing it the rest of my life and I'm trying to like learn how to merge it all together because mm-hmm. at work, I'm very good at doing that kind of thing. And at home, life is easy to slip into the habits, being right, et cetera. Yeah. And, but because I'm good mm-hmm. at doing work, actually, it helps me in other areas because I notice, okay, that's the way I should be attaching, uh, like dealing with, communicating, mm-hmm. thinking about and handling things outside of work. And it's assisting me rather than it being like, wow, why am I good at work and not at home? I'm not making myself wrong for it. I'm noticing, hey, it works really good at work doesn't work quite as well in some of my own personal relationships and things going on at home, mm-hmm. family, whatever. How can I translate that? What In what way? Because obviously it doesn't look identical. Work mm-hmm. is different. It's a professional environment. But if you can do it in one place, you can probably tailor it to do it somewhere else. You just mm-hmm. have to figure out what that is. And I think...
1: I think that's where I know I struggle in that area. Like trying to translate the way I... <clears throat> Yeah, the way I handle myself at work versus doing it at home. If I can do it at work with these complete strangers, why am I, like, what is the reason why I can't do, Uh. not that I can't do it at home, but it becomes harder to do it at home sometimes or in your more personal relationships. And I think that, um, well, it's interesting, like, uh, you know, going back to like Einstein and doing the same thing, right? So in, in uh, you know when I'm in the when I was in the army, we we're training in Texas for my uh, medic school. Yeah. You know they go over. So when you're triaging casualty, like trauma casualty patients or whatever, you know sometimes you have, you know you'll be the only healthcare provider, and you have to treat multiple people, and so they, <clears throat> you know we have these like. Uh, I forget the exact like term, but like protocols or I can't remember the term off the top of my head, but they're basically like, okay, you have a, you have a, uh, a patient who's presenting these symptoms. What do you do? Okay. Uh, you know, their blood pressure's going down, uh, heart rate's going up. Yeah. Okay. I know based on these symptoms, this patient's going into shock. Okay, if they're going into shock, then I do this step. If I do this and the, nothing changes, now I go back and I reevaluate the last thing. thing. Okay, that right. didn't work. Now I'm going to go here, try this. It's so you could get five different shock patients and you you know, it's the the different. treatment is similar to all of them, but you have to analyze each patient as its own patient. You can't just say because I, this guy like presented that. these symptoms, this guy presenting these symptoms also yeah. is suffering from the same thing as that guy. They could be two totally different I like that. Issues. Example. And you have to start with each patient. You have to go back. Okay. ABCs. Are they breathing? Check the pulse. Check. Okay. Are they losing blood anywhere? Okay. Yeah. Nope. Now I'm going to move on to here. Okay. And now I'm going back. I'm going to recheck these other steps. Okay. Are they still breathing? Are they, are they not bleeding anymore? Is there a, a wound that I missed? Yeah. You're constantly having to reevaluate and triage. And yeah. So we,
0: well, I mean, if, I think if I we think can I like try to example handle that a lot with, actually because yeah. of what you're saying. Like, imagine if in that scenario you as the caregiver got to the point where you would attempt you're doing your five step or whatever steps you got you got to like the third step and whatever you're doing isn't doing what you expected to do imagine if you were so attached to being right that you wouldn't change it
1: yeah and then that guy dies
0: right because you were yeah. like no at that point this is time, what we have to this do. should have been yeah. what needed to be done and he was wrong for not working yeah and now he's dead for being wrong yeah. Like, because you're so attached to being right now. That or if someone comes and corrects you us the us and the doctor says, death. hey, man,
1: you should right. be doing this, right. not, but the protocol says this, well, okay, but it. it's not working. Right. So what, you right. know, yeah.
0: And so I think being open to hearing those other opinions is what saves people's lives a lot of times in like yeah. crazy situations. And I think, you know, it's easier. It's sometimes it's a little bit easier for us when it's life or in death because we yeah. sometimes give up some of that. And that's how we know it's a false ego thing because... If it was really us, if we really identified it, how could we give? If it was really our being, how could we ever give it up? Even for a moment, if it's actually who we are, is that these belief things, these things that we think, the way we act, if that's really us, then there's no chance for change. Mm. Mm. Throw in the towel. There's no point because that's who you are. So if that's what you believe. Nobody's changing. Also, it means that there's no point in talking to anybody else about anything because they're not going to change. Why would we bother? I'm not going to talk to you about Mm -hmm. yourself because you're going to do you all the time. So this idea of, of belong, like, of like kind of encapsulating all of our activities and the things that we currently think as if it, that makes us who we are.
1: The self ego, ego. the the false
0: ego. No, it's things that you currently believe. It's things that you currently believe, not it's who you are right now. Mm -hmm. We like identify to such a strong extent with our beliefs, the things we think, the things we feel, and yes, they're important. It doesn't mean ignore them. I'm above it all. That'd be great. But most of us can't actually do that. Like that's, and so like, let's be realistic about it. But it does mean that maybe in the moment when something is sort of like attacked or like, oh, that's not right, you can just take it back and go, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong with that. Let me try this instead. Or, well, okay, mm-hmm. well, tell me why you think I'm wrong. Because like, instead of being like, well, no, that's not how it works. I heard an interesting thing, and I don't know if I really want to get into it. But basically, I heard that two friends were talking about something. I'm going to keep it very like, basic and just like, very personal in like, the friend area. Two friends were talking about something, and one of them was bringing up how defund the police. Basically, talking about defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the other person was kind of like, "There's two different scenarios." Two years previous, they had the same two people had been in the room, and they did not get, they did not go with each other at mm-hmm. all. It was like defund the police. That's stupid. Was the reply, right? Two years later, they're in the same room, and it gets brought up again. Now, the second person, instead of saying that's stupid, said. Well, like, what does that mean to you? Because it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. what, when you say defund the police, what do we then do? Because to me, I'm thinking that means lawlessness. Like, cowboy yeah. days. People can just yeah. gunsling around. Like, what, what happens if there's no police? Like, what is, where is your thought process going? Because I'm not getting it. And then, instead of it devolving into this argument of you're stupid, you're stupid.
1: It's taking, it, it's it's taking like, the topic, by that general statement, Yeah, it's taking the topic to, what do they call it? And ad, ad, it's Latin, like, and ad absurdum or something like that mm-hmm. like so to an absurd level like it's yeah. it's unrealistic
0: like right. oh, defund right. the police like right 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 it, it naturally is going, going to evoke defund, a radical reaction fun. defund yeah, fun. like you like, just can't it's so agree stupid. and so then it, it turned out that really what the person was talking about mainly was to say that we need to put more money into social work that social workers should be called for some of the things police are called for. Mm-hmm. You could also say that maybe police should be trained as social workers, but then you're mixing duties and stuff. Maybe yeah. you should just have a separate branch that maybe is somewhat yeah. affiliated, but really is social workers. Whatever. Maybe the guy with the gun is outside, just in case things get real crazy, but not the person that goes into the domestic situation. Yeah. The social worker goes. So the problem it. that like, I'm seeing with this a, is
1: that they were. It's it's easy for us to just use a label right to describe Our your position right. well when the label doesn't actually accurately right. describe so, your position you find the
0: police like, doesn't even really add up yeah that's not even what we're talking about yeah like you're basically la- like it's, it's meant to evoke like a, a visceral
1: out. reaction right. that's right. why the right wing that's does why people, that right that's, that's why, why it's propaganda it's meant to evoke because yeah. people
0: are like oh well you're wrong and you're wrong it's like yeah. well hold on if we take a second and like don't read the headline yeah and I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I was kind of like, I don't think it should be called defund the police. No. I get why it's called that, because there was a lot of problems about the police at the time. There's been some major But it, it just
1: leaves you open to attack from that. like right. From that position let's, of you let's let's guys Let's be like crazy, M&M in 8
0: Mile and talk about how can we fix the situation? What are we doing wrong? How can we take responsibility? And part of that would be like, let's as a country figure out our social worker situation because it ain't working. Well, it also, it also requires
1: it. the police in this scenario. It would, re- it would require the police... To, to admit right. that there is a yes. problem.
0: Yes. And then, okay, let's talk about how we can. And they're less to do that we when can... you attack them. They are. Defund the police. I'm taking your money. Of yes. course. I mentioned I walked into okay. your house and just said, hey, uh, I know you risk your life at the hospital every day and stuff, but we're taking a bunch of your money because we just feel like you don't do that good of a job. And you're like, the fuck? Like, I need to feed my family. What is this? So, of course, they get defensive. Now, could they not get defensive? Sure, they could not get defensive. We could also not use a They also work a term. high stress
1: job and they also feel right. like, wow, I'm protecting the country. Fun, not all of the police are
0: bad. Fun social work. How about you a know, positive like, connotation yeah, with our fun stream? social fun work? Fun social work or whatever. I don't yeah. know enough about these. I'm not a huge politic person. Yeah. But I think like that's often where we get into these hangups Labels. The politics, personal relationships. You decide to attack the other people with your belief instead of saying, and then people are like, well, they do it. Okay, And eye for an eye makes the world go blind. We're all going to be blind, deaf, and dumb by the end of this. That's fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah, they do it, and it doesn't mean we should. Is that what we're... Again, Jesus on the cross, he was blessing the people, saying, please forgive them. Forgive them. They do not they know not what they do. While he's getting nailed to a freaking cross. How many people would do that? Most, Not most people that we're talking about right now. They would be, damn y'all to hell. You guys are, you know, whatever. And so well, he's funny teaching because by all... example yeah. about how not to... Attack those people, even if they're wrong. Those people were very wrong to be doing that. Yeah. 110, 50,000% yeah. wrong. And yet, he showed compassion. Please bless and love them. And it's okay. This is, you know, like, this is the do not take revenge on them. Like, all this stuff. Like, he was just focused on, I hope they're okay. Which is, I mean, we're not going to get there. A lot of, of us not. are not going to get there. But if that is the goal, if that is the, the you know, like the example, then we need to act like it. That's an example when we're communicating in our personal lives, mm. when we're communicating in our professional lives, and be like, okay, well, how can I? And we're all going to slip up. The thing is when you slip up, it, it just admit you slipped up. I shouldn't have said it like that. Mm. I, you know what? I didn't wear that right. Let me explain. Um, and I've gotten better and better at that because I used to be really bad at arguments, and it's still a lot of work to be done. And again, I think it's I've always gonna extreme. be extremely good at work. And I'm not as good at my personal Me life. Too. So it's just All something right, I, right. Have to, I have to continue to figure out. How but do I But the fact that this?
1: you can even acknowledge that means you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, You know, we're, we're going like I somewhere. Like I say, you know, it takes years to get to a certain place. Yeah. Things are not going to change overnight. No. It's going to take years to get to where you want to be if you feel that where you are is not where you want to be. I want to be over here. I'm over here. It's unrealistic to expect... Yeah. That you're gonna get from here to there with minimal work, minimal yeah. effort, minimal self um, minimal uh, you know self responsibility. like yeah. I am ultimately in the position I'm in because of the choices I made in the past, you know, whether they were conscious choices or unconscious choices, I'm here because of you know as a result of my actions. Yeah. That's where the whole you know, karma comes in and that's why it's so fundamental to our belief. Yeah. Also going back to, um, you know, the self, the, the false ego, this is why, you know, the yogis practiced yoga because practicing yoga, the, the, the pranayama, you know, the breathing practices, these yeah. actually changed, fundamentally would change, you know, your brainwave state, it would change the chemical balance, you know, the chemical and, and hormone, char, mm-hmm. you know, surges in your brain. Yeah. And it actually allowed, you know, and, and, and it still does. You know, that's why yoga really does help. It does help both physically, mentally, you know, psychologically. <clears throat> it the, the point of it is to disassociate ourselves. And by self, we mean the soul or the atma,
0: yeah.
1: we, you know, like you're saying, we, we think, we, we, we take all these feelings and emotions and think that's who I am. Right. But no, really, I am the observer of those emotions. I am the observer of the actions I'm doing and the reactions I'm suffering. Yeah. And when, you know, that's the state of, you know, self-realization. Yeah. The whole goal of yoga is so that you can be in that state more and more and more until eventually you're in that state all the time
0: yeah
1: and that is when you really begin to make advancement when you're able to to recognize because then you have no attachment to your false ego it means nothing to you you realize I'm beyond that I'm beyond the emotions you know and it almost like it almost creates like this dichotomy between like this 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 principle, the this fundamental principle of you know bhakti yoga and vedantic thought is the understanding that something can be at the same time one and different
0: uh-huh. from
1: each other so at the same you know
0: yeah.
1: uh so it seems that uh You know, you have to kind of worry about all this stuff as you're trying to make material progress in your relationship. Yeah. I need to communicate better. I need to do this. I need to manage my emotions better. Yeah. But really, you know, if you remove yourself from the situation, that doesn't mean that you then, like, not in this false renunciation way, but like how Arjuna is being told by Krishna if you do your duty without attachment without attachment to your family without attachment to your friendships without attachment not that well, you don't care about those people that's the problem yeah the thing that you do don't your, get is you that when do it attached,
0: be- it's a selfish thing yeah because if you weren't being selfish you wouldn't be attached so if you can do your service and your duty
1: that doesn't mean don't love those way, people or don't care. You can love them. In
0: fact, you love them more because it's no longer about your attachment to them that's yeah. driving your actions. It sounds like he's saying hands off. What he's really saying is serve them unconditionally. Yeah. And in that way, you're going to be able to do your service much, much better because you know what happens when we have attachments? So we get jealous when we shouldn't. We have these other issues when we shouldn't. And next thing you know, you're causing all these problems. Well, and, and, then, all and then at the same and it's time, all because if we're, you're attached, yeah. first of all, to a certain idea, which may be wrong. Secondly, to a person and maybe the idea of that person, which is not even who that person is, but you've put them in a box. I mean, there's so many problems with attachment. Well, not
1: to mention if now, if you're, if you're doing the renunciation or you're doing you're If you're saying, oh, okay, so I just need to serve everybody and then I'll fix all my problems. If you're doing it not from a real place... Then you find yourself back at the, at well, the square say, that's, that's of where... Back to attachment. You're exactly. To well, now no, now your you're problems. going to be doing all this stuff and eventually you get down the road and you're, now you're resentful because, because man, I was problems. being so sacrificed and so... And you, you, weren't, you weren't doing anything. it. Really, you weren't being unattached. Yeah, and that is really where we're, we're all... fixing your old.
0: life by not fixing it. You yeah. thought that if I just give, 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 give at some point everything yeah. will be perfect. And you
1: perfect. have to be giving in the right consciousness. Yeah. And then...
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a hard it's a hard balance to walk and something that I was touching on but not saying earlier. And I want to make sure I say it before we wrap up is just that the point is, I think, a very a very like kind of simple point is that I think when you take full responsibility for things mm-hmm. to the point where, like, you blame yourself for like if you're I mean, this is like not that extra,
1: it's all your fault. No, but like but, you take okay. it on
0: yourself. Like, OK, if I get into if I hit a deer on the way to work, mm-hmm. is that my fault? sometimes like, you can't avoid it. But if you go, well, if I had left two minutes earlier, I wouldn't have been here when that deer came here. You don't need to beat up on yourself about it. But understand that everything that happens in your life is a direct result of actions you're choosing to make or some of them make. or not make. And some of them may be outside of your control. Like mm-hmm. the deer thing. If the deer just jumps out of freaking nowhere, you may have no option. Or whatever. Something A tree falls in your car, it's parked outside. Like, you don't, like, yeah, sure, if you had parked it somewhere else, it wouldn't have fallen on it. But how long are you supposed to know? It doesn't mean you need to get in where, like, I need to be psychic. It just means know that it's no one's fault. It's just what happened, and you get be unattached to. And then when there's even the slightest chance of well, if I adjusted this, if I hadn't had the speed to get to work, maybe I wouldn't have had to hit the deer, or if I hadn't had, like whatever. If you really look at what could I change, you might find that in a lot of scenarios, even more so often than you think, you now have the power to change it because it's all happening as a result of choices that we're making to either do or do not do things, or react or not react in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And if you really imbibe the idea that that it's all a result of my actions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a result, you actually gain immense power. You don't lose it. Because mm-hmm. I think in the in moments, we feel like we're giving up power by saying we're wrong about something, or maybe I was wrong, mm-hmm. maybe I could have done something different. It's like, oh, well, now I'm just saying I'm wrong, and that means they're right, and they're going to lord it over me forever, or whatever. The, there's like an irrational like path we just like fly down. And when we do it, them, right. Yeah. When, but when we do it, we're actually saying we have all the power. Because now that means that if we don't like this interaction we're dealing with, there's a way around it. That means we don't do whatever we did to end up here. Mm-hmm. We don't worry about what the other person did. We can't control that. But what did I do that ended here? Is there another method I could try? Is there something else I could do to not end up here? And then you just keep trying things. You get, you get the feedback. You try this. You get the feedback. It doesn't need to be about how wrong it is in this really negative way. It's just like, okay, that's not what I was looking for. Try something else. Still not what I was looking for. Okay, that's kind of what I was looking for. Cool. Now you address the next thing. Like, and there may be times, like I said, where there's sometimes you, you could just be dealing with somebody who's like a friend or something, and you realize this person is just not a good friend for me. Like no matter what I do, it's off the wall. It doesn't have to be hateful though. It's like, okay, well, you do your thing. Like wish you the best. Hope everything works out for you. And again, if, I, if I'm not attached to being right, it's not even about, well, you're doing your life wrong, but okay, fine, see ya. Have fun doing it wrong. It's just like, okay, that doesn't work for me. It might work beautifully for them. Maybe their life is a huge success in their mind and they're great. And maybe mm-hmm. it really is a huge success and actually it's something I'm missing. Mm-hmm. So instead of being hateful about it, just like, okay, you do you and I'll do me, I'll be over here. It doesn't need to be hateful because a lot of times what happens is you have a falling out with somebody or you disagree with somebody. And when you well, see that you it kind of just drags you down. It you know, drags oh, you down well, and it makes you feel or crap. Whatever, whatever. And then you're talking crap about each other. It's like, why does it need to be like that? It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We don't see eye to in that many things and it's okay. You're going to do your thing over there. I'm going mm-hmm. to do my thing over here. I wish you the best. Like I honestly do. And that's something that in a lot of areas I've actually gotten decent at well, thankfully, as well. Because there are people that I don't really speak to or hear from as often as I have in the past. And it doesn't, it's not like this big negative thing for me. I, yeah. it could appear that way to other people. I don't know how it appears, but it's just kind of like, it's okay. Like, we're in different places in our life, mm-hmm. different things that people are wanting. And for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be working as far yeah. as our, like, having, like a, like, a strong relationship right now. That's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. It doesn't need to mean that I'm secretly seething in anger about no. it or that I'm super butthurt. It's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me being right. It's just about those are, we both are living different truths right now. We're doing our own thing. And that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think that most of us and myself in many other areas, other than a couple little areas that I seem to have gotten some shit worked out in, have plenty of problems with that. And I think if we just remind ourselves that we have the power, and when we give up the power for a minute, we don't have to beat up. And say, oh man, I gave her the power now. Now I'm stupid for giving the power. Now if I take it back, it means take I was wrong. Take the power it. back now. And now if I take it Raging back, against means the machine. I was wrong. Take the yeah, <laughs> I was like I was wrong to give it away. So now if I take it back, I'm gonna admit that I was wrong. So I'm gonna leave it over there with him because yeah. I was wrong to give it to him. No, take that shit back. And you're like you know what, that was a bad idea. Let me get that back. Okay, yeah. now we're good. Like just own it when you make a mistake. Yeah. Like you know, imagine if when you made one mistake in chess or something, you just said, oh, "Well, I lost the game." You know, people, you didn't see something, but you try to recuperate. Like, there's so many examples one can give of trying to learn from the feedback you're getting instead of making it about this giant, like, evil I don't remember
1: if I told you this, but, like, a while back when I, it was, like, the week that I switched from, because in the beginning of the year, I was working night shift. Mm -hmm. And then the week I I rolled over from night shift, I had, like, I worked all night, came home, was home all day. The next morning at, like, 4.30 in the morning, I had to go to work. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had like part of a day off. Yeah. I go into work. I'm tired as hell. You know, COVID, it's already been stressful last week. I didn't really have a two-day weekend like I wanted. I had part of a day off. Yeah. You know, I come in, you know, I'd already had stuff on my mind from, you know, whatever. And I end up going into a patient's room. I drew his blood, came out was not paying attention, you know? And in my defense, you know, my boss could have given me more time off. She could have said, you know what, Hans has been busting his ass. He, you know, he really could use a little bit of time off, especially yeah. if he's going from a week of night shift going into a week of day. De- like, she yeah. could have been more understanding. Sure. You know, I, you know, I'm tired. I'm, you know, flustered. I wasn't paying attention. I put, the, I put a different patient's labels Onto to a different patient's blood. I've done it before, but normally, because I'm very uh, detail-oriented, I normally catch it before I send that stuff down to the lab. This time, I didn't. My boss ends up calling me saying, Hey, one of the machines went off. "Um, That's not Mr. So-and-so's blood in those tubes. You must have drawn the wrong patient. Because I had not been paying attention, and I normally do check and check the wristband and ask the social. The situation had been I went into the, the right patient's room, uh... The patient had something going on that I needed to clarify something with the nurse. I go out, I find the nurse. She says, oh, um, yeah, I'll come right in there. But in the meantime, could you help me draw somebody else's blood, right? Me not paying attention, getting thrown off of my normal routine of going into the room. So then I drew that patient's blood, came out, put this patient's, you know. Yeah. So i go down there and the whole way down in the elevator i'm like thinking god damn it like if she would have given me you know effing time off like this i can't believe she put me in this position but then i'm like you know what you know yeah those excuses are all fine and valid but it doesn't change the fact that i drew the wrong patient's blood put the labels on those tubes and sent them down to the lab and when i got into my into her office yeah she wrote me up and i could tell she was kind of preparing for like a confrontation because a lot of my co-workers throw that kind of stuff at her. Yeah. And I said, you know, she's like, well, you know, like, do you have anything to say? You know, like, what, what happened? And I said, you know, I was tired. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't paying attention. And um, at the end of the day, I was the one that stuck the needle into the patient's arm. And so it was my fault. And I apologize. I'm not going to let it happen again. I owned it right then right. and there. I had to get written up. I signed out, walked out. Because I owned it and we, there was no confrontation, she didn't then sit there and like but hold right that there. against me. And, you, you know, like, ah. Ah, Hans, he was so disrespectful. Nope. And then some weeks later, my coworker made the same mistake. And she's all freaking out. And I told her, I said, when you go down there,
0: just own, own it.
1: it. Yeah. And Julie, because at the end of the day, you did make that mistake.
0: Right, right.
1: And the only person to blame, regardless of what scenario played out, is you. You did ultimately do that. Therefore, right. just own it. Don't give her shit. Don't try to look for an excuse to save your own hide. Just eat it. Yeah. And she did. And it worked out great for her. Yeah. So yeah. It, uh...
0: I mean, that's the way we, the, we live our life more like that. It's like even when you go into other places, like just the fact that some of the people go to like, you don't always love your job all the way. Some of the things you don't like about your job, but if you're choosing to people. go into God. the job, you're good. Sorry. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) what I was just gonna say is that you're basically giving your um, you're giving your time. When you like, I notice that people get very negative about work sometimes. Maybe you had a bad week. Maybe you don't love your job all that much. Maybe there's another job you'd like to have, but you can't have it right now. But people will come into the job with a giant negative attitude as a result. Um, what happens if there's like, maybe there's like 50% of the job you love and 50% of the job you hate? If you get so bogged down by the hated part of the job, it's like, okay, well now you hate your job even though it's 50% of the time of your job, you could be loving it. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on that, focus on the stuff you do like, maybe find ways to make the stuff you don't like. So maybe at some point you get to move to a position where there's more stuff you like. Like just focus on like the aspects you can control. And also I think if we reminded ourselves that nobody's making me go to work today. Literally at any point in time, you could decide I'm not going back to that place. Mm-hmm. And yet, so many people that I've met and worked with in the past go to work every day to be miserable.
1: Yeah.
0: And you would think somebody had put a gun to their it. head and forced them to come into work. No, no. Yes, you may have a family provider. So, well, you know what? He has to go to work, or she has to go to work. You're like, okay, we don't need to get defensive on behalf of ourselves or other people we know, and be like, well, you know what? Easy for you to say if you like your job or whatever. My point is just that until you get something better, why be miserable?
1: Yeah.
0: You're making. Whatever else we want to say, typically we're making a choice to, especially if you're going to be like that indefinitely, right? Mm-hmm. Now you may have good reasons, good excuses. There may be things, maybe sometimes you just feel a certain way. I'm not talking about to be emotional, like when you get like a, you know, emotional, depressed or something. But there's an element of choice going on, especially in that kind of scenario when, like, when you're talking about work. Just realize I'm choosing to go to work today. And if you really don't like it, start looking for other jobs. Mm-hmm. Start talking to your boss about, like, hey, you know, there's a couple of things I have to do at work. I really don't like doing them. Like, is there a way we can adjust, or like, mm-hmm. is there? You know, can you show me how to do it Whatever like there may be a way to change it And if there isn't until you do just even if you still don't like it Just knowing that you're choosing to do it makes you feel less crappy about it mm-hmm. when you realize like own like oh, I'm making this decision. I'm here because of me All of a sudden you're not as negative about it because you're the reason you're here We we don't we don't attack ourselves the same way we'd attack like our boss or someone else who we think it put us in a position That now is messed up mm-hmm. and yet It's hard for us to do because all of the reasons we've already talked about we don't have to go back into it but I just wanted to say that because I think it's important to realize that the power we're taking it it just plays into so many areas like Relationships that are bad. We're going back and yes, there's all kind of psychological reasons. There's like, you know I'm not trying to discount any of Mm -hmm. that but I think the more we're able to consciously and effectively realize that it is us making these choices the more we're able to then maybe actually change something because we're fully aware of our power and the ability to change things. And I think the more mired in life that we get, the less we can change it because we're getting bogged down with the psychological and all these other things and we're deep, deep in it and we can't see it. And again, it doesn't mean that you don't need therapy. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not trying to like, just because mm-hmm. I mean, people have dealt with very, there's all kinds of things going on. I'm talking about this mostly in perspective of what can we do to help ourselves and sometimes you may be so mired in it or maybe there's ex- extra special circumstances and you don't, you know, get help or whatever it is that needs to be done. Um, but there's a lot of us that think our lives are fine how it is. And if we would take the time to do this, our lives would get exorbitantly better. Yeah. Like just so much better. But we're, well, I we're think too when right there's, to do I it. Think
1: when you, I think when you don't sit there and spend the time to do some self-reflection, some, some like impartial self-reflection and realize how your environment Uh has, you know, growing up and the things you've been through, how that has impacted you when you are not able to connect the dots between your early life and <clears throat> the different patterns that appeared in your behavior yeah. at a young age. Because those, without that conscious self-reflection, to identify those areas, we will then revert to our childhood or our base tendencies that were... On autopilot. Yeah, you are a product of your environment and of your surroundings to an extent. Of course, there is some free will there too, but but when you're not conscious... Like I feel like you have two choices you can either choose to be conscious or choose to be unconscious. if you choose to be unconscious, then you are going to become you 're going to be shaped more by the thoughts, emotions, and feelings of other people and, and the situations you 're in yeah. and you're going to allow those to then yeah. uh, dictate how you behave versus being consciously aware of your actions and your uh, your needs and also your weaknesses because then you are able to to take control of the wheel versus just kind of being knocked around by the yeah. environment and by the emotions and the relationships. Um,
0: A leaf in the wind yeah. instead of being the tree. The leaf just gets blown every which way by the wind and whatever else So happens. what I'm
1: hearing from this is we should be chanting Japa. So... To Japa, real quick. Um, I like chanting Japa because when I chant, I like to think about these things. But I don't do it in the way of I'm chanting Japa on autopilot and just dwelling on my, you know, inner turmoil. Yeah. I try to. I try to. When I chant Japa, I try to, you know, before I start, you know, I I say a prayer to Prabhupada, I I pray to Radharani and Krishna to like help guide me better yeah. in Krishna consciousness. So then as I'm chanting, when I do feel my mind wandering to these things, because when you're chanting, I'm by myself yep. oftentimes or you're it's you easier, know it's a great however when, at least for me, when I'm chanting Japa, I find it easier to catch my mind wandering over these topics and realize like, it's good that I'm thinking about these things. But while I'm thinking about these things, why don't I try to tie it back to Krishna? Uh And and Uh so how can I, you know, if I would have been more Krishna conscious in this situation, would that have affected the way that I chose to behave in that situation. Right. I try to tie all that back to you know Krishna, the Mahamantra, and then also to realize that that is really the relationship that we should be cultivating not just inside of ourselves and between us and Krishna, but between us and all of the other living entities that we interact with in life. Because you know at, at the end of the day we aren 't just interacting with other living beings, that living being is a spark of krishna 's energy so really you're interacting with Krishna in an indirect way when you 're dealing with other people yeah so so if you begin to see your dealings and your relationships, not that I do, but I you know that's something that i 'm trying to work towards but if soul. you understand that they're another spirit soul, and really I should be treating them no differently than if you know, God Himself were to walk into our door. How, or, or, you know, Prabhupada, how would I behave if some spiritual, spiritually advanced person or Jesus walked in my door? Yeah. Would my behavior change? Yeah. If it would change, then that means that I'm doing something that probably needs to be looked at and corrected. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I think. I've so been yeah, Japa provides that, like that selflessness yeah if nothing else even if you don't fully believe or whatever the case may be taking the time to do prayer like that is an exercise in focusing on something other than yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is
1: it actually provides fulfillment like you yeah it makes you feel
0: and if it helps you to interact with people yeah. better then even on the short term there's a lot of value in it even if you don't feel even if you don't personally feel or think or whatever that there's the deeper levels of value that people claim that there are then there's still something there that's helping people to interact better, um, to be more present to you because they've learned to like they they're working on themselves in a very deep way, and you know that's the way that they're doing it, and it does help you to focus and do those things. Um, I finally started chanting Jopper like regularly now. I've been doing like three rounds a day, which is like mm-hmm. so far above the zero I used to
1: do. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> no, I've been. Um, that's another thing I find is actually.
0: I'm doing it yeah, on lunch. I just go for a walk on lunch and get it yeah. done.
1: Yeah, I try to do that when I'm at work. Um not always successful, but but I find that when I feel more uh, like frustrated and you know, by my the situations that I find myself in, mm-hmm. when I really look at it it generally tends to come back to or at least one of the common factors is I am neglecting that spiritual aspect of my life. I'm forgetting, hey, isn't this what you're really striving for? This, you know, the... um, and and that's where like the sadhana, the reading. That that's why Prabhupada said reading and chanting and hearing every single day is important because it keeps reinforcing, uh, keeps reinforcing what it is that we're really striving for, and it's not, you know, it's real happiness and fulfillment and contentment, not just being physically happy, mentally happy, materially happy, yeah. uh, and and when we find ourselves more upset and frustrated it's because we are getting wrapped up in the ego we're getting we're forgetting what's really important you know
0: uh i think also if we remember that we that we are responsible for ourselves in due course it becomes necessary that they are responsible for themselves and we no longer as much have this automatic illusion that we're going to be able to control this other person or that we should have expectations that we mm-hmm. can't actually control the outcome of. And you may find that you actually end up treating each other in a different way just with people in your life, various people, you know, your friends, family, uh, significant others, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Because I think when you do that, you're automatically, how how would you be frustrated with something that's outside of your control. Like a, a lot of frustration, I think, comes when we feel like something should have been a different way or could be a different way. So if we're actually able to, as much as we can, give up most of or all of that expectation, I feel like in a lot of ways it defuses the, the the like explosiveness of our feelings, mm-hmm. at least. You may still be like, this is not working for me, but you're gonna feel a lot less attacked or like, you know, whatever, volatile, because it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, what can I control? You're back to like dealing with your own self, especially if both people can do it. But mm-hmm. certainly, even if only one person can do it, it could make a huge adjustment. And I think also, we, you know, people are able to do it at different times and different scenarios. And so, therefore, you know, we help each other and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a huge topic. And obviously, it goes into so... It bleeds into, like, almost every area of life. It does. I mean...
1: Self-accountability Self-accountab- like to your own actions and to your... That we ultimately
0: it leads into failure. I think a yeah. lot of people have a huge fear of failure, which ties into everything we're talking about. And I think people. Uh, I know a guy that I work with sometimes, a doctor that I deal with sometimes, and he says that people. They I guess there's a saying. I'm not sure who said it or what the quote is from, but uh, you know, people will be want will hold on to being right until their life is on the line and he says that in his experience they will still hold on to being right even when their life is on the line. Mm-hmm. That people get so stubborn about it that it doesn't matter if they're going to die. They'd rather die than be than be wrong. Like mm-hmm. that is the way we act about our Or let right your life come crashing down right. around you. I mean obviously that's be, an extreme but he yeah. just meaning like that, that you're, we are often so attached to being right in some way shape or form that we're willing to blow up our life over being right. And if we could actually relax that and let other people be right and not be attached in every situation to being right and need to prove that we're right. If we could just go into a situation and, be, and actually think, how can I make all these people right? I mean, like you said, give them the space to. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone and be Mr. Yes. It just means- Well, not necessarily you're make not,
1: them feel right, but make them feel validated. Which is or, what right really okay, means, yeah. I think.
0: But yeah, I mean, then some of the people are, well, that's not the right word for that. Well, then now you're getting into definitions so, of words. Yeah. Everybody, people are raised differently. You hear one word. Some people have a really negative connotation to a word that somebody else might have zero negative connotation with. Mm-hmm. So yes, whatever word people feel is better for them. But I think from all the explanation we've said, yeah. they probably get Save the idea face, of what energetic, what energetic right, thing like, I'm talking about. So if there's yeah. a different word for you. That's fantastic. I'm not trying to say that you have to use the word "right." That's just yeah. the way that I've uh, been used That's the way I've been describing it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think when you make some, I think because of the, the connotation people give "right," it makes them feel wrong to, if somebody else is right. Mm-hmm. We're right or we're only wrong. one person can be right. Right? Only yeah, one yeah, or yeah. one team is right, or yeah. what? Like, it, it just gets. Which I, I think, in some ways, is part of why I want to use that word, because I want us to get over that. I want it to be like less of a thing. Being right doesn't mean them being right doesn't mean you have to be like this like horrible person because you are wrong. It just means, in this instance, oh, they well, have a point. From their
1: viewpoint, they're, they're from right. View, right. From Maybe their we're viewpoint. both right. Oh, yeah. like
0: whatever. Like it just doesn't have to be this huge attachment to being the the victor or the the master or the whatever it is that we're obsessed with in this mind that we have and. I think, this is, I think this has been a good conversation. Yeah, it I think been. this is good. I think it's something for us all to think about. And let us know if you like these. We were doing these before we started reading. I'm thinking that we'll continue to do the reading like once a week like we've been doing. Uh, but we may start but trying to move to more conversations. Once
1: a month or something, or I don't know.
0: These? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe more even every more often. Week? I'm thinking we might try to do them at least most weeks. Maybe not every week. Okay. and Maybe end up being like every other. But we'll try to do them every week. If we run out of time, like today we didn't actually read. So there may be yeah. weeks so we just didn't we have time to do one. We'll do whichever one we're behind on, but we'll try to keep it where there's one talk a week and maybe they'll be a little shorter since we've already been reading. Mm -hmm. Our voices might actually get tired, believe it or not, even though we talk endlessly, seemingly. Um, But we'll we'll try to come out with this and let us know too. I feel like in the past people interacted with this more. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do this. And I think it's helpful to talk about our actual lives. You know, you're reading about things, it sounds good in theory, but how does that actually apply? What does it actually look like when you're doing it? Mm -hmm. And it's more back and forth. And so I think that's helpful. And maybe if people have thoughts or things they'd want us to, maybe if you hear something in this and you want us to focus on that in the future or go into more detail on mm-hmm. that, or if you disagreed with something or if there's some other topic, like maybe similar, but very like in a different side of things or a different place mm-hmm. in our mind or intelligence that you'd like us to go and talk about and hear our perspective on then we'd be more than happy to do that. So let us know. Yep. Thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Stay healthy, stay sane Wear uh, your math. (laughs) Stay alive, everybody. Oh, Lord. Stay alive.